That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Great America Show. I'm Lou Dobbs, and delighted to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. Eight days to Election Day. I'll say it again. Eight days to Election Day, and here we go. So much disinformation has been pumped into this election cycle, it's astounding. 2020, of course, was the apex of disinformation from the national corporate media, the Marxist Dems, and the deep state. But this midterm election has the potential to come close to 2020. For example, the corporate left-wing media would have you believe that the Dems were holding on to the House until just the last couple of weeks when the Republicans suddenly surged in the polls. Eminent Republican pollster Robert Cahaley, one of the country's very best, says that was all hogwash. That's my word, not his. That as many media and university polls were in the field polling, but reporting not what they were finding, not what people were telling them, but rather pushing their own leftist preferences in this election. So what's going on now? With us, the inimitable pollster and great American pollster, Robert Cahaley. He's the founder of the Trafalgar Group. His polls are respected nationwide by both parties, which tells you just how great he is. Robert, good of you to join us. One of the most intriguing battles, I think, is in Pennsylvania. The race for governor between Mastriano, the Republican, and Shapiro, the Marxist Dem, who's trying to avoid his record as attorney general. How's Mastriano doing there in Pennsylvania? Well, what we've got going on is that race is one that Mastriano is not being treated like any other Republican nominee around the country. Hmm. And I've said this for weeks. If he was given just the same amount of money or attention that all these other nominees get, especially for a swing state, he would be within five points and Oz would be up by three. Hmm. But the fact that they have just left him out there on his own is is hurting both races, whether they know it or not. And it's, I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I don't really understand the logic there, other than if if you re the people who are really really deeply entwined and anti-Trump, I think are worried that if Mastriano can win, it sends a signal that that Trump can win, and they really care more about that than they do picking up a governorship, which is. So- problematic yeah that is problematic let's start let's start with who is it that is not giving him money and why are who are those who are responsible for not saying that he's well funded well they're they're very i mean what i don't think we should do is get into the you know tip for tap but there are there are just lots of things that Republican nominees have access to that he doesn't. And it's, I don't think it's a good decision. And I think in the end, it's going to hurt, it's going to end up hurting Oz. Like, like, because I'm, I'm in the business of getting to the, to the nub of the thing. Uh, 
who is it who's not supporting Mastriano that could be easily doing so? I mean, we're talking about one of the biggest states in the country. Is it the Republican National Committee? Is it uh, the governor's association? Who is it? Well, I think there there are signals that a lot of people high up in the party organization send to major donors that this is one worth investing in. And donors quite often give a large sums of money um, to the party and apparatus to pass through to then go in these races. And the signal, you know, they're just not getting the signal that that's a, a place they're wanting to invest in. And I've always been critical, and I, I don't regret this. I'm, I'm critical of the party when these organizations spend money to win primaries where they have no business being involved. Right. And they don't have the money for our general election candidates. I mean, take Georgia, for example. Kemp was always going to win. They didn't need to dump millions in there. It, it wasn't necessary to give some money there. And there were lots of other primaries where money got spent. I just, I fundamentally don't think that's a good idea. There are a lot of, I mean, there are probably 10 or 20 major, major contributors around the country that get signals from leadership in these groups and in, in the party apparatus and say, this is good, this is not good. And I just think it was short-sighted to, to do that to Mastriano. Um, he might not be who you wanted, but I always said it like this way, he, he's the car you got. So if you don't if you don't like it, you know, that's tough. Well, let me ask you something Which, about that, I, because I kind of like to hone in on it just a bit. Here is a candidate, uh, a state senator. He is a established Republican. He's a 30-year veteran of the U.S. Army, a, a colonel, a retired colonel in the Army, a combat veteran. He has four master's degrees. He has a Ph.D. in history. Uh, he is a family man. Uh, he is a Christian. I know that's a problem for a lot of people, but for a lot of people, it means a lot. Uh, this is, if this man is not a suitable candidate to be governor of the state of Pennsylvania, who in the world would the donors want other than this man? Oh, well, yes, what and he, did, to, he did support Trump. Yeah, what you have to understand is there is still a very kind of quiet war going on within this party of the people who are still fighting 2016. They haven't gotten past that. And they're worried that Mastriano winning sends a signal Trump can win. It's just, it's not more complicated than that. That's well, their fear. Yeah, it, if it's that simple, then the Republican Party uh, is, I have to tell you, is doomed. If they cannot muster the money to put this man uh, into the uh, into the to the governor's mansion in in in, uh, in Pennsylvania, what in the world are they doing? We're talking about two candidates, and, and you said Oz as well. Uh, so let's it hurts start. us. It, it, obviously, it hurts them. I mean, it hurts the Republican Party uh, in Pennsylvania, and that's a party that needs a lot of help in Pennsylvania. Their leadership is very suspect to me. To get to the nub of this thing, we're talking about signals that would be emanating from what? Uh, from Mitch McConnell? From Kevin McCarthy? Ronna McDaniel? What are we dealing with here? 
there's there's a lot of people whose names that most people don't know who make a lot more decisions than you probably realize. And again, you know, I'm just I'm just a guy who does polling, and I poll enough to know that that is a race that could be won with resources. Well, let me ask you this then. Uh, let's talk about a name that everybody knows because he's on Fox peddling uh, what I consider to be utter drivel most of the time, Carl Rove. Uh, what in the world uh, was that ad that he ran? That was supposed to be a, a Republican ad. It looked to me like a Shapiro ad. Your your thoughts? Well, I, yeah, I'm troubled by the ad. I, I don't like it at all because I think that it has it, – it, it takes a guy who should not be given any bona fides when it comes to being a crime fighter. He is the attorney general who has overseen all this nonsense in Pennsylvania. And but you don't beat up Fetterman by promoting Shapiro. And there's a hundred ways to do it. And I, I just I seriously doubt that the donors who cared about Fetterman losing and Oz winning who gave them money would be okay with something that boosts Shapiro and actually works against Oz by doing so. Okay. I may be a little slow today, but Robert, I need you to guide me and the audience through this a bit. Uh, when, when you're talking about defeating uh, 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 Fetterman uh, and, and helping Shapiro, give us, give us uh, if you will, just uh, expand on that a bit. Well, the ad, I don't know whether you've seen it, but the ad, well, you have because you brought it up. So right. you, the point of the ad was to suggest, talk about how Fetterman has been weak on crime by comparing him to Shapiro and suggesting that Shapiro has not been weak on crime. Right. And everybody knows Fetterman's weak on crime, and there's a thousand ways to do that without saying anything positive about Shapiro. That was gratuitous and unnecessary, which leads you to believe, was that an accident or was it not? And I don't think any of them are that dumb. I think they're smart people. And I just think they they want to see – I think they want to see Mastriano loose, and they don't care if it hurts us. And what will be the impact on the race with Fetterman? No real benefit because everybody's gotten that message. And um, I think they're they're attached. I mean, it's, it's my belief that you know, if Fetterman, I mean, if sorry, if Mastriano gets beat by ten points, it's very hard for Oz to win. If Fetterman wins, the people of Pennsylvania are in line to be considered the dumbest people in the history of uh, American politics. Uh, yeah, I mean, the whole point is if, that, if, if Edelman wins, it means that Shapiro won. Yeah. And then Shapiro so, is twice in power because now he gets to – now more than likely he'll get to appoint somebody to take uh, Edelman's place shortly thereafter. Uh, yes. Or there may even be a pre-election switcheroo here. Who knows? Uh, but I don't think it be pre-election. Uh, they, uh, no, I, no. I, that's I, too late. I, I, I'm pointing out that there was a, uh, a there was at least uh, rumors that they wanted to switch his wife in for him uh, going into that election. 
which would have been just as inane as having put him up in the first place. But then again, so I say I said that the people of Pennsylvania would be in the running for that title. But I think we've got to we've got to give great credence to the idea that it may be the Republican Party uh, that has more stupid people than anyone in the country. Because they are letting Karl Rove and the Bushes and the Rhinos and the Paul Ryans uh, operate behind the scenes, uh, selecting whatever candidate and uh, starving whichever candidates are necessary to keep Trump out of the race. We also know, and as a respect uh, to your polling, we know that Trump is the preferred candidate right now in the Republican Party, and overwhelmingly so. Uh, so we have a group of rhinos who are Democrats with an R behind their name. Uh, why in the world can't the Republican Party shake itself of an RNC that is primarily money, money, a money-raising organization uh, and a group of rhinos that are really left-wingers? And, and I defy anybody in this country, anybody listening, tell me what is the counterpart to rhinos in the Republican Party yeah, I've never heard of a dino. I've never heard of a Democrat in name only. And isn't it interesting that those are the people still pulling the strings in the Republican Party? Uh, what do you think, Robert? Well, I, I think that at the end of this election, there may be a reckoning. There may be, um, I think some, some of the major donors need to be informed of what's been going on. They need to I'm be what? They were informed of what's going on. And that maybe the money wasn't used the way they were told it was going to be used. Well, why don't you and I take care of that right now? Uh, Or if not, why don't you and I talk after this and I'll start calling a few donors? Uh, I, you know, but I got to tell you, I've got to, this audience comes first with me. Uh, I want the American people to know what the hell is going on. How does a Mitch McConnell stay in place? How does a Kevin McCarthy stay in place? They're rhinos. They would make better Democrats than they do Republicans. And guess what? Ronna McDaniel, really? Ronna McDaniel? uh, She's a failed chair of the RNC who gets re-upped and hasn't delivered on uh, her promises through uh, two cycles now. Uh, I I mean, it's a frightening thing to watch uh, what is supposed to be a two-party system devolve to the uniparty which is really the Democrats in charge of the Republican Party. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, you know, we could, we could argue about any particular person, uh, but it, there's a system in place, and the system is not broken. And to get to the next level, it's going to need to be broken. Well, and this looks like with, uh, if the Republicans don't win these midterms, uh, well, before we get to that issue, let, let's let's go on. What do you expect to happen in Pennsylvania right now as things stand with the first first the governor's race? I expect for um, I expect Mastriano to close well and to be be within four or five on election day, and it'll then just depend on whether there's a wave or not, and if so, how big? Because I've been saying since the beginning, you probably remember this that there are a lot of people that are unmeasurable because right. they have just quit participating, and this is different than before, right. that the Biden administration has scared them. They are convinced that some of the polling being done is essentially that data is going to be given to the government 
and used to make a list of MAGA people that need to be targeted. Right. I, I'm not saying they're right. That I'm not. I mean, you know, people. Here's the thing about a conspiracy: they're people who believe it, and those people still have votes. So even if they're wrong, it affects their behavior. So it doesn't really matter what we think. If somebody thinks that taking a poll is going to put them on a list, they're not going to take a poll, but the odds are they're still going to vote. As a matter of fact, they all say they're still going to vote, and they're very nice about it. I just don't want to take a poll. I mean, I'm literally telling people, I don't want to take a poll. I think you guys are great, but they're probably already monitoring you. I mean, just crazy stuff, you know. And again, I say crazy. Maybe not. I don't know. But we've seen some, you know, people have people come to their doors and do things you would have never thought would happen. So who knows? But, you know, I I don't believe in living in fear. So I just, you know, you do what you got to do. Right. Well, I, I don't either, but I also understand why some must. Uh, and I feel, and that's, I think that makes it uh, our responsibility. I'll put it this way. I'll speak only for myself. It's my responsibility to make certain that number of people who live in fear is as, is as small as humanly possible in this country. Americans should never have to live in fear, and we have half the country doing for so their opinions. right now. Absolutely. You know, uh, and the thing is, because it, it, it goes both ways. I, I mean, think about it. Can you imagine seeing somebody who have a sign for a Democrat in the yard and that you would go tear up their house for that? I can't. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody would do that. Well, I, I want to go to one other part of this, and that is the role of the government in this uh, this time. And that is the executive order signed by Joe Biden in March of 2021 uh, to engage the federal government and get out the vote. Uh, activities. What role do you think that's playing in this election? Well, I don't think the government belongs to anything but putting on the election and not promoting it. I think it turns out one-size voters. So there's no question that thumbs on the scale. And so the answer is you got to win, and you got to win big enough that no matter what happens, you still win. Is that possible? At this point, you have to. I mean, I, I, people talk about, well, what do you say if people don't think they will election was fair and everything? I'm like, okay, well, hey, ball game ends at the very end. You think it's a bad call. Your team lost because of a bad call. You don't quit watching football. Now, if it happens three weeks in a row, you might. But oh. you're coming to the next game. And so I think most people are, are, aren't there yet. I think once people give up on, on elections, then we're looking oh, at no. something that it's not very pretty. Yeah. Let let me be clear. I'm not suggesting anybody, uh, Republican, independent, give up on anything. I'm hoping and I'm praying that everybody will get to the polls and just as you said, create that red wave. But I also want to talk straight to this audience as I, as I try always to do. Uh, and that is to understand what is going on around us. Uh, we we have a race in Pennsylvania that's critically important. Mastriano's in trouble. Uh, we may get a red wave. Uh, let's say we get a red wave, that the people of Pennsylvania come to their senses and decide that uh, Shapiro is, is uh, not the guy that should be in the job and uh, that Fetterman is unfit for the job. Is that strong enough to get them over what is in place in Pennsylvania? I think so. I think could be. 
again, part of the problem with, with what I'm talking about is the submerged voters is I don't know how many there are yeah. because they don't take polls. And so that's why I've been saying for weeks we're better at getting people who are reluctant to say who they're supporting than anyone else. Even we, I believe the Republican turnout will exceed what we think it is, but what we you, see. Yeah, when you see uh, these submerged voters, as you style them, and you've been talking about it for weeks now, and you start, started talking about it uh, you know, early on uh, in, in this latter phase, I, I, they're submerged, they, I, but now I'm almost hearing you say they're also paralyzed. No, they're not paralyzed. They're voting. That's what I wanted to hear. No, they're absolutely voting. Because here's the thing: if 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 you can't if you can't carry a sign, if you can't go to a rally, if you can't put a sticker on your car, if you can't tell your friends, if you can't walk neighborhoods, the only way to scratch that itch is to vote. Yeah, that's well, the only also... release you're going to get. Well, it's it's uh, it's stunning stuff to me, uh, and I haven't mentioned this on the air, but I, I've been paying my wife and I've been paying a lot of attention to it lately, uh, and I believe this is correct. We have seen only one car between uh, where we live uh, and New York City uh, that uh, that had a, a sticker. Uh, and that was a Biden. I'm talking about a Biden sticker. We've seen probably two or three Trump uh, stickers on cars, but that's it. And one yard sign, and it was a Trump sign, but one yard sign, at least on the path we travel. And that's I've never seen that few signs anywhere at any time in my life. Have you? Is the same? Thing? People are nervous. People are scared. They. I mean. I've I've heard I've heard again I I don't I'm not I'm not a big believer in conspiracy theories mainly because I think it's hard to give anything secret <laughs> in this day and age. But there are people who think that Biden has said the magic words in that speech to open up the Patriot Act against people who are MAGA. I don't think that, but they do. And if they think that and affects their voting pattern and affects their ability and willingness to participate in polls, then we can't measure them. Well, I don't want to get into a discussion of what, you know, uh, conspiracy theories. But we know for a fact a number of things. Uh, for example, we know about the executive order on March 21st, which puts the, the federal government in the business of getting out the vote. We know that the government is peopled by uh, Marxist Dems at the top and Democrats throughout the permanent bureaucracy, the federal government. Uh, we know where they're... Uh, their political interests lie. Uh, it's it's not a long long shot uh, conjecture to say that getting out the vote for them probably means getting out one party, and that's the Democrat Party. Uh, it, it they've taken the place. Joe Biden has taken the place of uh, the enfeebled uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, he, his money won't be in it, or maybe it will. I don't know, uh, but. Uh, I mean, you're you're talking about millions and millions of people who will be influenced by the federal government in just and let's say it's perfectly straight uh, a, a get out the vote campaign. It's there. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's a fact. 
uh, it's not a conspiracy theory to think that a billionaire last election went out and spent a half a billion dollars to sub, uh, to subsume county uh, election offices and take their place uh, with uh, with nonprofits with allegiance to George Soros and to Mark Zuckerberg. I, I mean, that's just what happened. Uh, and we're yep. talking. We're, so it's 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 not a conspiracy theory. It's a reality. It's a question of what is going on right now. And I wish I could tell you I knew. I I don't. I suspect, well, I, but I don't. Yeah. And I, I don't either. And and we're going to have to have another election to see. I think I think you'll see that Georgia will be a lot cleaned up. I'm pretty impressed with the with the law and what they've done to clean things up. Georgia. I think okay. that's going to be yeah. Good. I think Georgia's going to be much better, which is what leads me to believe that Herschel's going to end up being fine. Um, uh, even if he has to win it in runoff, and I think he would win in runoff. Yeah, he's, a good man. Incumbent, he's a good man. When you take an incumbent to runoff in Georgia, that's that's bad news for the incumbent. Uh, so, and I'll tell you, when it comes to Pennsylvania, I, I think Oz may still, I think still think there's a good chance Oz wins. So I, I would tell you, I think Oz wins by maybe. Um, one or two, um, and a point or two in Pennsylvania could turn into a, a brazier than win. Uh, but I think he does win. And I think that, uh, you know, I, I can't tell what's going to happen in New York yet. Uh, I'm going to pull it again. Uh, we're, the, we're the ones who got this on the national radar screen. We think this is a real fight. And I think another thing going on in New York that people aren't realizing, we've had a lot of people talk about Cuomo. And how much they don't like Hochul, and they did like Cuomo. Mm-hmm. And I, I just have a sneaking suspicion there's a Cuomo machine in every county, and they're either kind of uh, just walking, going through the motions, or maybe even actually working against her. Well, wouldn't that be something? I thought you were going to say working, <laughs> working for her. Uh, I, no, that would be a, a splendid uh, sort of New they York very- story, wouldn't it? Yeah, we've had very, very, uh, quite a few people on a poll will say, well, yeah, I'm for um, Zelda, uh, and uh, I'm voting for Zelda, and um, I wish Cuomo was back. Well, Lee Zeldin is one of the finest uh, people in politics, as far as I'm concerned. He's an Army veteran. Yeah, he's, a- uh, he's a man who has, uh, he's uh, religious, he uh, is a family man, uh, he is a uh, a good man. He, by the way, we've seen him also tried in action. He's also a, a combat veteran, I should point out. But he stood on the stage as a man came after him uh, with what appeared to be a knife, trying to to cut him. And Zeldin simply grabbed his arm in the most relaxed fashion I've ever seen, and held the man, not simply at bay, but held him under his control until others could come and take the man off the stage. He's a man who who's uh, who had gunshots in his front yard uh, and gunshot victims hiding in his uh, in the brushes uh, the bushes under his porch while his two teenage daughters were at home, and he and his wife returning from a campaign. We've seen this man uh, handle adversity and and emergencies. Uh, he's been cool and composed. He's a he's a man of great character. I can't. For him not to be governor of the, the great state of New York would be one of the uh, most tragic uh, moments in, in in terms of opportunities lost for this great uh, for this great state of New York. 
Well, and like I said, we're, we're, the, we're the first one to say that it was a reality, uh, that it was a competitive race. Everyone said we're crazy, uh, double digits. And we've watched each poll get closer and closer and closer to what we said all along. So there's a national narrative that the whole country has swung back in the last week. Or two, you know, last two or three weeks has just swung conservative. That's a bunch of nonsense. It was all pump and dump with these polls. They pumped up all these Democrat candidates so that they could raise a bunch of money in Hollywood and Silicon Valley and Wall Street. And but now, you know, it's like it's like the house when the parents about to come home. The truth's about to be known. They got to clean it up, right. and so they're going to start getting real with these polls because they they don't really want to be caught with their pants down again. I won't name any polls, but I assume you're talking about these university polls and these media uh, outlet polls. Yes, university and big media outlet polls. Yeah, it's, it's even the ones same. you think, even the ones you think you should trust. <laughs> well, I, I've I've been at this so long, uh, Robert. I have to be honest. Uh, I, I'm beyond trust, but verify. I just plain don't trust. Uh, yeah, and, and, I agree. And, and we've seen we've seen some standouts. We've seen. I would tell you, uh, don't don't mind calling it out. I would tell you that I think that this year, Emerson College and CBS are doing some of the better work than I've seen. I would say CBS is the best of the of the media companies closest to, to real polls and real numbers. And I've seen some of how they're doing it. And Emerson College is probably the closest of the colleges. And I'm impressed with both of them Well, that's compared that's, to years past. That's gracious uh, of you, and that is terrific. I want to ask you about two more races, and then uh, uh, we'll go to your concluding thoughts. But uh, Arizona, obviously. Uh, and uh, Nevada, you're thinking on, on those important races. I think Republicans win Nevada, and they win it by enough that they win it. Uh, both of them. Uh, Lombardo is. Uh, we're going to be putting out a poll today. Hint: um, Lombardo is going to be doing very, very well, and Laxalt's doing very well. And so I think that one's. I think that's a Republican pickup, and I think Arizona is going to is going to get Masters is going to get close enough. That if there's a wave, he gets in. If the wave's at least a point and a half, he gets in. And uh, I think Kerry Lake wins pretty soundly. Well, outstanding. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you for one more. I know I'm sneaking in one other uh, question here. Uh, but what is your sense of what the pickup will be for the uh, – I'll just do it this way rather than get into some numbers – Will the Republicans gain control of both the Senate and the House? I hate to predict um, this far out, even though we're not far out. Uh, I would tell you if the election was next Tuesday, next Tuesday, I would say yes. I would say the Republicans will win the House by north of 25 votes, even past 30. And they'll hold, I mean, they'll win the Senate by 51 and likely 52 or 53. If it was next week, but a lot can happen in a week. Biden can do something crazy. Putin can do something crazy. Biden and Putin can do something crazy. You don't know. Uh, What you have said is absolute truth, brother. Uh, It's uh, we're sitting here uh, 10 days out and uh, there we are. Uh, 
Robert Cahaley, as always, it's great having you with us here on the show. I'd like to, we always give you the last word. Our, all our guests get the last word here on the Great America Show. And if you would, your concluding thoughts, Robert. My concluding thoughts is, one, don't ever let a poll tell you whether you should vote. You vote like your candidate is, go, is going to lose by one vote if you don't. Don't listen to any of that stuff. Don't be overconfident. Don't give up based on the poll. You you turn out like every vote counts because it does. And two, no matter what you think happened in 2021, I mean 2020, no matter what you think did or didn't happen, the best way to beat anything that could happen is win by a big enough margin to prevent it from happening. Amen, brother. Uh, as we say here on the Great America Show, Please vote on November 8th. Make sure your family votes. Make sure your friends vote. Make sure your neighbors vote. And if you just run into somebody who you might think wants to vote, urge them to vote. Uh, let's get out that big red wave. Robert Cahaley, thank you as always. You're a great American, uh, amazing and uh, brilliant pollster. Uh, we thank you for being with us here today. God bless you. Well, it's always an honor that, uh, to be anywhere where I'm sharing the same stage with uh, you. So thank you. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Joining us here tomorrow, the man Robert Cahaley and I were just talking about, State Senator Doug Mastriano, Republican gubernatorial candidate in the great state of Pennsylvania. I'm looking forward to talking with him here tomorrow. Please join us for that and more right here tomorrow. Till then, God bless you, and may God bless America.